Welcome to Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capo Caco, then you've tuned to the right place. And now, here are your handsome hosts, Kevin Delury and Paul Cuthbert. They're not always going to get it right. But you can be damn sure they'll pretend they are. Now, let's go Rangers Radio. Yeah, good evening everybody and Live from New York, baby. Straight from the Go Hockey Media Studios. It is Wednesday, October 30th. Halloween Eve, baby. And top of Go Rangers Radio, Paul Cuthbert here. And everybody, please say hello to Mr. Kevin Delury. KD, what's up, buddy? Welcome aboard. Paulie, what's going on? I think I'm excited as you are today. <laughs> Finally, we get KD fired up. <laughs> woo What's going on, brother? Feeling good about my Rangers. Feeling a little good. Seeing some progress with the rebuild. My patience that I've been talking about and preaching about since we've started this is is coming to fruition. And I'm excited. <laughs> At least until Saturday, buddy, in Nashville, right? <laughs> oh, yeah. Then, then I'm calling for Quinn's head. But, you know, uh... for now, everything's good. Good stuff, baby. The seesaw back and forth. We're, we're up on the high seat this week, everybody. Good stuff. Last week, we were sitting here. It was misery. Uh, but then the Rangers went out, and they did a great job against Buffalo. And then, um, man, what an awful day at the Garden on Sunday against uh, Boston. Uh, but, man, you know, we, we get into uh, last night's game. Quinn makes some changes, and look at this. We're uh, back in the win column. Great stuff. As Coach Quinn said after the game in his post-game press conference, they did not play the Sisters of the Poor. It was the Tampa Bay Lightning, KD. What do you think of that game last night? Oh, it was, it was tremendous. I mean, the week itself was was a, a crazy roller coaster week for, for Ranger fans. I mean, like you said, last week we were like, dead in the water and we're talking about canceling the podcast and this team is <laughs> awful and who are we firing and and whatnot and then then the buffalo game was was tremendous they had a a, a fighting spirit in that game that I, we haven't seen all year um maybe besides the first game of the season against winnipeg but you know they came out with a fierce forecheck speed you know my guy lemieux who i was killing last week is not being an agitator was in uh sabers faces it was awesome. They got the early goal from Panarin, and and they were on their way. It was it was uh you know a, a brand of hockey that a spirited brand of hockey inspired hockey that we hadn't seen all year. And you really thought, yeah, maybe something's clicking now. You know, we're almost ten games into the season, and things are looking bright. And you know, they went up against one of the better teams in the league, and 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 took them down pretty handily. So you felt good, and then the Boston game came, like you said. And, uh, you know, I, I've been making excuses for this team all year, whether it's the schedule or, you know, patience and we're playing the vets to let the young guys, uh, you know, get their feet wet or whatever it is. So I'm going to give some more excuses here. I think that, you know, going into the Boston game, I think Fost 
not being in the lineup due to personal reasons. And it seemed like that was like a last second thing that popped up, whatever it was. And then Zabinijad going down in game, you know, I think really messed with, with what the sort of mojo that they had going, going into that game. Um, you know, when you have a lineup with Foss being out, you already had a lineup with McKegg, Smith, and Haley. And then you lose Zabinijad. I mean, you have no depth whatsoever in that game. And Boston, look, they're a good team, and they, and they took it to us. I also think that that goal, the, the goal that was disallowed in that game, where uh, Monquist got, I mean, that wasn't disallowed, that the Rangers thought should have been when Monquist got run over, mm-hmm. you know, really seemed to hurt the team, took them off their game. Not that they were playing well to begin with, but they were up one nothing at the time. And it sort of, uh, you know, it seemed to get them off their game. And it was four straight goals by Boston, you know, that it seemed to r- really rattle them and, and they really couldn't come back. And, you know, like I said, yeah, you know, it was a real roller coaster at that point. Last week you had said chaos. And it really did seem like chaos was reigning in Rangerland. You know, you had Kravtsov heading back to Russia. You had Zabinijad hurt. You had this uninspired effort. And, uh, you know, I know I was – J.D. has to do something. We got to get rid of Ruff. And, you know, the defense is terrible. But instead of the Rangers listening to my crazy rants of a crazy Ranger fan, they decided, you know, to be professional about it and do the right thing and call up Heedle and Lindgren, which I really think gave the team a spark. I think it really hyped them up to have the young guys coming in. And, and on top of that, Paulie, and you know I've been calling for this. They sat down, Mr. Mark Stahl, which I'm shocked. I mean, Paul, you must have been shocked. I heard he's still up there. He hasn't come down. <laughs> and I tell you what, he should be up there for the rest of the season. Oh, come on. With, because, Paulie, look at the defensive effort that they had against the Tampa Bay Lightning yesterday. You know, I haven't seen a defensive effort like that in a while from this team, especially not this year where they've been a complete sieve back there. And, uh, you know, the one guy who wasn't in the lineup who wasn't on that back end, you know, and, and again, I say this every week right before I destroy Stahl is that, you know, I hate to do it because he's been here for so long and has been part of so many huge victories for this organization. But, you know, it, you know, with the young guys in, um, you know, stall out. They really seem to be inspired against the Lightning, and they and they really took it to another really good team. So, you know, a, a real sort of up and down roller coaster week. And you know, after I'm a, I'm on a real high because you get these younger guys are now in the lineup, and I told everyone to relax. They they're gonna be here, and now they're here, and I'm excited. Well, I mean, let's definitely go back to to last Wednesday night. What we're talking about, and we joke around, but uh, you know. We, we really talked about a lot of the things that we wished this team would start doing. And, and we were talking about the bench and we were talking about Coach Q. And I know a couple of people thought, you know, we were saying, oh, you know, we got to fire him. We were just saying if it continued, if, the, if he, he didn't, you know, mix up the bench, if we didn't see any kind of changes, um, you know, uh, d- just to, to kind of, you know, jolt this team up a little bit. So, you know, they, they obviously the next night they go have that great game against Buffalo and then obviously the stinker in, in Boston and everybody's sitting here going, Oh man, this is just you can't you can't get any consistency here. And obviously, you brought up Mika's injury and so on and so forth. And Lundqvist gets bumped off the gate. Look, the the Boston Bruins are just a phenomenal hockey team. You know, Stanley Cup Finals last year, they just they just know how to do it, and they're probably going to get uh, deep, if not back there uh, uh, this season too. So we take that away, and I and I guess you know I'm just happy uh, 
because, you know, what I talked about was, you know, what is Coach Quinn going to do here? How is he going to make some of these tough decisions? And you've been calling for, like I said, a couple, you know, bringing Heedle up and so on and so forth. And, you know, everybody in Rangerland has kind of been uh, been talking this way. And I think the big relief is for, for everyone, especially after Boston, is that he did it. Uh, he made the tough decisions. And it made a huge difference. And we look at this team last night on the ice, you know, all the young kids that were playing. Uh, he'll coming in there, changing the game. You know, it's funny because, you know, Mika being out and as great a player as, as he is, it, it was great to just see that team play last night and really not be thinking about uh, Zabanajad, and, and that was a credit to them as well. Uh, Mark going up into the, uh, you know, the rafters, as we say. Um, <laughs> it was great giving uh, Lindgren and Fox stepping up there. and, and true. I mean, it's just it was just great to see that, you know, Quinn was finally able to kind of, you know, unload a little bit here. And everything that we talked about last week and everything that the, the, pretty much most of the fan base has been kind of calling for, you know, I talked about it early in the season, same old Rangers. Uh, you know, if this stays this way, we're just not going to make it. And that was the big thing for me. They mixed it up. They went for it. Um, they used a lot of their young assets. They mixed it up. They got some good lines going. Strom was playing great. Um, you know, all the other kids that are playing, D'Angelo, Fox, you know, you can just go up and down in terms of, uh, you know, everybody kind of chipping in last night, you know, except obviously for your boy Haley there getting four minutes of ice time. But everybody's involved, and it even goes back to uh, Georgie Boy and Nets and just, again, playing a, another steady game. They got 42 shots on goal last night, brother. That was awesome. I mean, that's just attack, energy, everything that we want to see. Obviously, going forward now, Another great team coming up here in Nashville. This is what I was talking about last week, too. The meat grinder coming up, some tough teams. But they, they took care of Tampa Bay, and they get to go on a high here. Uh, a little road trip for these guys to spend some time with each other and going into a great building, great team, great atmosphere in Nashville. And we'll see what they bring on uh, on Saturday. But, you know, no doubt, KD, man, we, w- we were talking about it and having a lot of fun and joking around about the misery last week. But th- I think Quinn came through for me and uh, the players. Because the other thing we talked about, too, was guys getting taken advantage of their ice time and getting a chance to play. And that all happened last night, and these guys took advantage of it, and that was the result, and hopefully that's going to continue going forward. And that's, that's, yeah. all, that's all we want, Kitty, right? Just the effort, and that was the last thing I just want to touch on is we were talking about that too is in terms of guys just not taking advantage of their ice time, play through the wall, mix it up, and get in there, and they did it last night. And hopefully that's the new uh, recipe and the menu that these guys can kind of work on going forward. Yeah, and I think, and you touched on this last week as well with, with Quinn, where, you, you know, he needed to be a little bit harder behind the bench and, and you know, call some guys out, or, you know, more torch-like, I think I had said. And, uh, you know, after the Boston game, he called the team out. You know, he said the effort wasn't where it needs to be. You're not going to beat teams like Boston with the effort we showed tonight or lack of it. And, uh, you know, after he said it, I was a little bit concerned because he's – he has said that a couple of times this year, and I was worried that, you know, well, why is he continuing to have to call the team out? Is his message falling on deaf ears? And I was a little concerned, but it looks like the team obviously took that to heart because the effort, you know, was was there and then some against the Lightning. Again, they came out very similar to Boston. They came out hard. You mentioned Haley. He only had four minutes, but he did have that first period fight, Yep, you know, which I'm sure got— too, yeah. Well, which I'm sure got the be- you know the Rangers bench going, um, you know, get them in- into the game. I mean, Tampa did score first, but you know, it, it really I think you you 
brought that spirit that they didn't have in the Boston game. And, uh, you know, that's what I was really happy to see. We, we were talking last week again with the misery, just how boring it was. There was no hitting. There was no forecheck. There was no uh, antagonizing the other team, getting in their face. And, and you had that. Uh, you know, and you had the speed with the young young guys, the sort of enthusiasm. It was, you know, night and day. It's amazing how different that the Boston, I mean, the Buffalo game and the Tampa Bay game was uh, to the Bruins game. And I wonder if, you know, they have turned the corner. Maybe, like I said, the, the Bruins game was a little bit of an outlier because of all the things that sort of popped up with Foss not getting it, you know, not getting in the lineup for the personal reasons of Banajak getting hurt. So, you know, you hope. You know, now that we sort of got the roster, we got more skill in there. I mean, the depth now in this lineup, I'm I'm excited about. I mean, Quinn now, you know, he's got all his tools except for, you know, Kratzoff, which I'm sure we're going to talk about him headed back to Russia. But number of way to go, go now once Abinijad comes back from injury. And I don't know where he, his status is at this point because the Rangers head off today. But, um, you know, I am really, really excited um, about this team going forward. Yeah, no, it's good stuff. I mean, you can take just so many positives just away from the final score last night. Um, obviously, they had that terrible line change, uh, you know, when Kucherov's goal there in the beginning. Come on, Paul. You're, po- you're pointing out <laughs> negatives? Because it's important. No negatives today. Hear me out. It's important. <laughs> <laughs> it's... I, said, I, I said on Twitter today, only rainbows and no. sunshine during this podcast today. Yeah, well, it's cloudy. And how dare you? Right? How dare you bring storm clouds? <laughs> over <Come> my sunshine <laughs> I'm Go sorry ahead. buddy I'm, I'm but kidding. look to I'm... me it, it's a negative that as far as I'm concerned uh, led to the ultimate positive where they might have you know maybe kind of caved in there and, and fell apart especially against a team like Tampa Bay so they went through some adversity and again again talking about the age group of the lineup here and, and a lot of the kids that are mixed in there and, and how they played and everything and they came back and again Quinn coached a really good game the other night, too. As a team, collectively, they played very well. And with that kid, Georgie Evanette, um, just playing so good, um, you can kind of see how things can kind of look steady if they fight. Because I think that was the other thing we brought up last week, too. Stay in the game. You know, if you're going to go down, go down fighting. And they, they never kind of, they never gave up last night, which was huge. And I think that's all we want as Ranger fans, and that's all we want to see from – um, you know, this squad and this coaching staff um, is to give these guys a chance. You know, and I was saying, too, it's the beginning of the year. Let's let's go for this now. Keep the lines together. Obviously, you know, Mika going out with the injury and stuff. But what's that was just, I mean, just Heedle coming back in was just super. Obviously, it's one night. Let's see what happens in the next couple of games and so on and so forth. But, um, you know, that's the most important thing. And we talked about last week, too. Uh, development down in the AHL and then them ha- having to probably possibly call these guys up to help the team out is an emergency thing. And and it kind of that kind of happened too with Stahl being benched, Mika going down. Uh, but the guys came in and, and did a great job. And ultimately, like I said, for me, putting that in a wrap last night's game is, um, you know, the team needed it on a positive level. But now it's going to be fun. And this gets back to your rainbows. Okay. <laughs> Good. I like in, to hear it. In terms of getting excited for this lineup going into Saturday's game against another super team in Nashville. So, um, yeah, and I was and uh, during the second intermission ye- yesterday, it was it was 1-1 and I I said to myself, I was like, I don't even care if they don't win this game because this year to me isn't about wins and losses. It's about effort and it's about developing. 
And through two periods, I was just so excited with how the team was playing. I didn't even care if they were going to win because, again, it's more it's it's more about how this team is coming together. And it's about guys like Kako playing better. I mean, I thought he had his, his best game of the season yesterday. And I think Quinn had made a good move putting him back on the third line. I know, you know, we'd rather see him in the top six, but he put him with Howden and Lemieux. And Howden and Lemieux have a nice little chemistry going, I think, because they were one of the best lines in the Buffalo game when they had Fost on the wing. And I wonder if Quinn saw that and said, you know what, those two guys are going a little bit. Let me move Kako down, get a little pressure off of him out of the top six. He's going to go with two guys who seem to have a little chemistry going. And it really seemed, and it really worked out. I mean, Kako, like I said, I think he had five shots. He had the goal. Um, he just seemed way more engaged than he has in, a, in mm-hmm. the last couple of games. So um, that was a nice little move from, from Quinn as well. So, yeah, I mean, it, all positives up and, up and down the lineup. Yeah, and that's the mechanics. It's the mechanics of the of the whole team, and definitely in terms of like you know Quinn running his bench, getting a handle on this stuff, and you know rightly so. I, I, you know, I keep going back to next week because we were really kind of going off, and we were we were more than anything, KD, last week. We were projecting to see that if you know if things kind of you know go south, and if if Quinn doesn't make the adjustments, and uh, we don't see uh, you know him running the bench you know the way he should, we were comparing him to like you know some professional you know. Listen to me, professional coach, to other coaches in the league, um, so on mm-hmm. and so forth. And that was great to see just in terms of uh, that all kind of coming together last night. And that that is the positive stuff with, uh, you know, uh, that you can take outside of the score and beat in Tampa Bay. And it was kind of a, you know, it was a pretty cool night last night, obviously, at the Garden, too. You know, with Shattenkirk and, and McDonough coming back and uh, the special moment they had for Girardi. And, and it was kind of weird, too, that Stahl was up in the in the rafters for this particular game. Yeah, um, that was, I mean, you know what? I, I didn't realize that at the time. I had forgotten about it. That that's a savage move by Quinn, by the way, <laughs> to pick that game to put Stall up in the press box. Oh my goodness! You know you got Girardi in the house. I would have almost thought that like Stall would have been the guy taking the the ceremonial face off. Meanwhile, he's not even in uniform. Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. But uh, you know, hey, look that that shows you, and a lot of people have been down on Quinn early this season with you know playing Haley and playing Smith on the wing and and McKegg being in the lineup. But, you know, these last couple of games, and, and he had the quote about it being a meritocracy, you know, going forward, if you're playing well, you're playing. If you're not, you're out. So, you know, I think we're starting to see maybe, you know, now that Quinn is, you know, slowly, you know, gotten these youngsters along, um, I think that maybe now they're ready to take the reins off a little bit. And uh, we're going to see the real sort of Quinn behind the bench that we, we've sort of been waiting for this year. Yeah, I mean, it's all about results when it comes down to it. You know, a coach is going to, you know, uh, make his moves and his, his changes and he's going to have his, you know, I, I, I wasn't really a big fan of, uh, you know, his press conference after the, uh, you know, the loss on Sunday. Um, just the way he was, he was kind of coaching at the, you know, at the podium. I'm not into that kind of thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. however he gets the message across the team, that's fine with me. He gets the results, and that's all you want as a coach. And now you can kind of sit back and look at all your assets and go, hey, buddy, we, you know, we got to talk about your boy Strom here, pal. <laughs> I mean, not only just logging, you know, gr- uh, you know, the most ice time with Truba and Panarin up there too, but, man, he's uh, he's a pretty solid guy on this squad right now. A chiseled Ranger veteran, I might say, as far pa- as uh, – Paulie, Paulie, <laughs> taught. Tied with Panarin for the second most points on the team right now. 
He's a superstar, baby. What? I don't call him Connor McStrome for nothing. <laughs> I love it, man. I love his. I love his gameplay. I love his. Um, he's just been calm out there. Um, he's just. Yeah. I, I like it, he's man. A, I like his game. He's a good player. I mean, he's young. He's twenty-five years old. He's a former first-round pick. You know, he's got skill. He's he's a guy who's put up points in his career. Um, you know, when he was with the Islanders, he had a fifty-point season. The guy, you know, he's a he's a good player. I mean, he went to Edmonton, you know, where where players go to die. I mean, they're having a good year this year, so so don't get me wrong. But it's, it's October, know, baby. Yeah, and look, yeah. I got a, I got a, I got a, I got an issue with everybody in the freaking league right now. It's October. Oh, I know. You know, everybody's got to just calm down. I mean, the Islander fans—they might as well have won the Stanley Cup the way they're talking. Did Did you everybody see the? Did, chill out. Did you see that somebody, some Islander blog today tweeted like, hey, Panera, it looks like you made the wrong decision, you know, because the Islanders are in first place at the end of October and the Rangers are, you know, one game under 500. It's like, yo, slow your roll there, buddy. But you know what? Your team is doing good. Focus on your own team. Mind your own damn business. I mean, even just to bring that up in October, it's still October. It's October 30th. I mean, everybody else has played uh, almost 13, 14, 15 games, right? I think most of the teams that are going to this week in the 15th game, we just hit 10, you yeah. know, and we're, yeah, and we got 20 year olds on the team. We're okay. Mind your own business. Take your Stanley Cup coach and your team, and, and they're doing good. And, and, you know, tip of the hat to the Islanders, and that's great stuff. But talk to me in May. Talk yeah. to me in May about the, the decision that Panera made. To, to even bring it up right now, it's just ridiculous. So, anyway, um, you know, as far as our squad's concerned right now, um, you know. Yeah, why don't you go back to talking about Strom and how I was right on him and how I'm yeah, amazing. Yes, go ahead. I, I do. I, I will. Uh, <laughs> yeah, this is, again, <laughs> Lights and Rainbows edition of KT's Go Ranger Radio here, Rangers Radio today. Yeah, look, I just want to say, um, you know, you, you look at guys on the team, do the ups and downs. We, again, we brought this up last week, seeing how certain guys <laughs> react to diversity how they uh, react in the locker room. You know, Hank let his emotions go on Sunday a little bit. They got bumped off their game. Um, you know, as far as guys like Truba, you know, a guy that I'm looking to be a, a big-time leader on this team. And Strom, to me, has leadership qualities. And, I, like I said, bravo. I like the kid, too. And he's, he's definitely been a big part of, uh, you know, success for the Rangers in terms of the wins this year. And, he, you know, he's just been pretty steady out there, and I like it. Cool. Well, and I think the the best part of, of his start here with the points, and if he can continue his trade value, is going to go through the roof. Ah, oh, come on, KD. Uh, look, he, I, I, Are I you love what he's doing. Are going to package it with <laughs> Let's do it. Whatever you got to do. But look, if you could get, you know, a, a second round, a high second round pick, or, or you know, if you get someone real desperate, if Strom is having a really good year, you get a first round pick. Which is which will never happen, but you know, look, I again, we're still rebuilding. You know, if you could flip him for a good pick or or a solid prospect or something like that, you know, it's not the worst thing in the world. But so hold you on know, a second, you're telling me if Stromer's like twenty five, thirty games in and he's an average, maybe a point, you know, twenty points, twenty six, twenty eight points, whatever it is in thirty, you, you're going to want to get rid of this kid. I look yeah, at Stromer as a guy that's good, that's going to be part of this team in the future. I I don't see it, and only because once Zabinajad comes back, I mean you could you Mika could potentially. Who? Mika <laughs> who? Well, we 
don't need him anymore. Did you see the team last night, baby? <laughs> All right. So we'll trade Mika instead. Yeah. But <laughs> if you look at the lineup, I mean, Strom could theoretically in the next game, if Mika's back, be on the fourth line. Because where are you putting him when he comes back? I mean, Mika's you could. Mika's a manager on the fourth line. No, not Mika. I'm in Strom. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> so because Strom could go from the top line. I mean, he's centering you know, Panarin and Fast last game to the fourth line because Zabinajad's going to come back. He's going to get that first line spot unless you move Strom over to the wing and then you move Foss down to the fourth line. I mean, you know, but that goes back to my, my point before. I mean, Quinn has so much to play with now in terms of skill level. Uh, I'm just excited because once Zabinajad comes back, that means Haley's out of lineup. So, you know, now you have Haley McKegg out. And you just have, you know, Smith in there. And, and yeah, look, Smith is, Brendan Smith has actually been pretty solid. You know, but, and if you have him on the fourth line, I could live with that. Good problems to have, buddy. There you go. We're back Good to that. Good problems thing. to have. Yeah, it'd be nice. Let go of the chaos. All right, so it's seventh in the Metro. We're only 12 points back. The league lead in Washington <laughs> Capitals, baby. 24th in the league. We're all good. Seven players last night with 20 years younger. Good stuff. Uh, and that, you know, KD, that stat uh, was, and, and we're not a big stat show here, so uh, we don't want to brag a little bit because uh, we're not going to say that stuff a lot. But since 1976, KD, uh, first time <laughs> the Rangers have had seven players at 21 years of age younger. But anyway, uh, since we're doing this, what kind of phase do you think the rebuild is in now? Uh, these last three games, the seesaw, now we're back up on the top seat. Um, what, what do you... What do you do now in terms of just, you know, we have a couple of days. We've got to hold our breath here. Um, do, you, do you think Quinn needs to change anything going into Saturday or just leave the same lineup? Yeah, no, I, I think it with Zibinijad coming back, if he does, I think he's going to have to make some uh, Sit him another game. Put him next to Stahl. <laughs> give him a little bit of a rest. <laughs> make sure he's, he's completely healthy. Zabinajad's going to be like, no, no, I'm fine. He's like, no, no, we don't think you're fine. <laughs> Did you see how we played against Tampa? <laughs> you're too old. <laughs> <laughs> what have you done for us lately? Actually, to be fair, Zabinajad hasn't scored since the second game of the season, so maybe he should be sitting. What have um, you done for me lately, Mika? <laughs> <laughs> That's right, yeah. Um, but I, I think that now that we do have the guys up from Hartford, the guys you – you know, we're expecting and, and to be honest, I didn't think we'd see Heedle till Thanksgiving. Obviously, the um, the injury, you know, sped that up. But, you know, now that you do have him up and they've recalled uh, Lindgren, you know, I think it's gone from, you know, given though, you know, sort of playing the patience game with those guys down in in uh, in Hartford. And, um, you know, now it's time to give them some more minutes, um, give them a little bit more responsibility. Um, you know, they put. They put a heedle in, in the top six, and, and he was phenomenal. He was one of the best players on the ice last night. So let And, and Lingren as well. They put him in a big spot. If you saw, they actually even pointed it out during the telecast that at the end of the game, you know, the two defensemen who were on the ice with a big critical defensive zone uh, faceoff was Fox and Lingren. I love that. That was one of my favorite parts of last night's game is that mm-hmm. Quinn has the confidence in these young guys to put him in that situation. So I think you're starting to see, again, so the next phase and what Quinn is trying to do with this club is, you know, you sort of slow walked it a little bit, and now it's time to give him a little bit more responsibility. Um, so I, I, I think that that is, uh, you know, that's where we're at. And and the shame of it all, Paulie, and, and I guess I'll, I'll start by bringing this up, is, is Kratzoff going back to Russia. Who? Because I Who? know. It, 
it, it, it's so frustrating to me that he went back and, and this, you know, I've been preaching patience with, you know, fans as far as the team goes and what they're doing. And I probably now myself need to take my own advice with the players and just have patience with Krasov. Look, the guy's 19 and for whatever reason, maybe he's homesick or whatever it was and decided, look, this just isn't working for me right now. I need to go back and, and, uh, you know, all power to him. I hope he goes there, kills it, comes back and, and really thrives for the Rangers. But, you know, the selfish, you know, Ranger fan in me would just love knowing that he's sort of the next guy going to be called up. Like after seeing what happened, I, I, I'm so ready for him now, you know, so selfishly, I want him in the AHL. So, and, and look, they could recall him back from the KHL tomorrow if they wanted to, because I think he has a two-way contract. Um, that's a with, long, with that's a long flight, Kevin. That's a long Yeah, long flight. exactly. <laughs> and I, I don't think he went there for like, you know, to play in the KHL for a week or a month or two. You know, he no. went there to play out the season. So we're not going to see him till the spring or whenever the KHL season is over. But, man, I, I, I don't like that he went back. You know, I, I, I would have loved to him to, to sort of use the Heedle model where he went down, he looked himself in the mirror and said, I'm not good enough and I need to – and I need to step up my game. He did, and he's back a month later. You know, if Kraftsoft would have went down there, had that same sort of mindset, you know, I don't know if he'd be back now, but I, I think you would have seen him before the end of the year. And now now we have to wait. And again, look, he'll be back, and I need to be patient. But, you know, for me, it's just, just a little frustration seeing all these young guys up and succeeding, and I want him to be a part of it. You know, it's not like I have this animosity towards Kraftsoft. I I just want him to be a part of it. I think he's missing out. I, I would love for him to be here, you know, and be a part of what's what's it seemingly going on um, with the team. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, it's uh, you know, you look at guys like uh, Heedle, uh, comparing him to Kratzov. It's maturity. Uh, everybody's different, um, and it just basically just comes down to it. And then some guys don't have that that fallback plan where you can actually, you know, uh, you know, I'm going to go back to the KHL. You know, most guys that are in the AHL. That's it, you know, as far as, you know, mm-hmm. uh, Canadian, North American players. So uh, most of them don't have that, you know, fallback to go in and say, hey, look, you know, uh, Godspeed and, and, and just wish them success over there and, and have them just learn and, and get better. And, and if it's a good situation right now, we'll see how we do here in these next five, six, seven games. And uh, maybe we'll just forget about Kratzoff and we won't have to worry about it because our guys <laughs> will be taking care of business. So uh, everybody was going to get KD and Kratzoff uh, jersey for Christmas. <laughs> Hold that thought. We'll see what happens. Uh, maybe St. Patrick's Day will get you one there, buddy. <laughs> there you go. Appreciate it, Paul. <laughs> All good stuff. Um, you know, so, you know, with that said, you know, I got to ask you, you know, one of my boys that I like is, uh, you know, is Lieber uh, on defense there, Mr. Hajek. Uh, what do you think about the, the defense there the other night? Yeah, I, like I said, I think it was one of the best uh, defensive efforts that, that they've had. I, I think of all the defensemen, I, I do think that Hayek is, is, is probably the weakest link when Stahl's not in the lineup. And, and I, that's just youth. You know, I think he's got to go through some growing pains. I think it always takes longer for a defenseman to develop than it does a forward. You know, there's just so much more going on and, you know, just dealing with, with high-level forwards you know, such as an Ovechkin or a Crosby or, or whatnot. And, and look, he's going to take his lumps. I, I, I don't think he's as, as sound defensively as a, as a Lindgren is or as Fox is, but he is holding his own. I, you know, I don't want to come down on him too much, um, but I, I think he does have some work to do. And, and now that Lindgren is up, I could see potentially Hayek 
being a healthy scratch every now and again, because I don't think Stahl is up in the press box indefinitely. You know, he's going to be playing, and, and, I, and I think it's good to still have him in the lineup every once in a while. But, you know, I, I think it will be good for Hayek to maybe sit in the press box, at, you know, a little bit, maybe watch from there, see some things from sort of that bird's eye view. Uh, but, you know, all in all, I, I love having him out there. Look, let him learn on the job. Let Lingren learn on the job. Uh, Fox. Fox has been tremendous, by the way. Yeah, he, he's so cool with the puck. He looks like a veteran out there under pressure. He makes the right read. Um, he, he, his first pass out of the zone is, is on point. And, you know, congratulations to him for getting his first NHL goal. Um, you know, fun to see. Long Island guy. Love to bring that up. Jericho over here, 15 <laughs> minutes away from me. Um, so, uh, you know, that's, that's awesome stuff to see. Yeah, it's good, man. I got, uh, you know, he got, uh, he had more ice time than Truba last night, which is good too. So Quinn's giving us some time out there and, uh, I just like what to see from just steady kind of stuff. It's a nice mix with, uh, you know, like I said, Fox and Truba and so on and so forth. And it's uh, it's just good to see because that's just going to be huge going forward, especially with, uh, you know, we talked about how strong the goaltending has been for us. And, uh, you know, a little note on, on, on Hank there, you know, it's, it's just to talk about, you know, Stahl being benched. I mean, look, I know it's the king. I'm not saying anything crazy here. But, you know, what last night, you know, that other – picture that you're looking at seeing that squad out there and seeing Georgiev and Nets and seeing you know Hank on the bench and the struggles he's been having a little bit obviously this season a little bit um you know it's could you could you even imagine uh you know Georgiev getting a bulk of the starts now I I went on a rant last week saying they got to stick with Hank 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 and you just you get a, a glimpse of uh, the team last night. It's one game, great bounce back anyway. But uh, just the thought of uh, Hank sitting more than uh, you know a couple in a row. I just uh, just wanted to see what your take was that, and that just goes in with the um, you know the call ups of Hedl and Lindgren, and obviously Stall going up there, and then seeing Hank you know watching these young guys in front of him uh, have a pretty good damn game against Tampa Lightning. Look, unfortunately, this is this is part of what happens when you do a rebuild. It's sort of ushering out the old. And even if it's a legend, you know, such as Henrik Lundqvist. And, and Lundqvist has been great this year. Um, you know, he's been – he's had, uh, you know, typical Lundqvist – and I think you said, you know, typical Lundqvist luck. You know, he the defense is always more porous when he's in there, and that's just a fact. Um, and, and I think that they tighten up a little bit with, uh, Georgie boy out there, but you know, you got a glimpse of the future and the future, you know, Lundquist really isn't a part of it. And, you know, Quinn is going to have to see what he has in, in, uh, Georgiev and, and Chesterkin down in, in Hartford is killing it as well. I saw someone post something the other day that he is like the first. Uh, the top goals against average in the AHL and the second best save percentage. You know, at some point they're going to have to bring him up. They can't just let him play out the year in Hartford. They're going to have to reward him for his play. He's, he's going to be playing too well to keep him down there. So then what do you do? I mean, it, do you get to a point where you, you, you almost have to decide between uh, Georgie boy and Chesterkin and do you move? Georgiev? No. You know, is that a possibility? No. That you do that? Look, no. You have an- you have jo- another- look, I'm telling you right now, if Georgie goes, I'm going with him. 
they're going to have to make a decision because, you know, three's a crowd, my friend. Um, you know, unless they can somehow get Lundqvist to, uh, you know, drop his no move clause, to waive his no move clause, and then get some team who, who's in need of goaltending. Look, does, does San Jose think that, you know, Lundqvist is, is the final piece and will we'll take half his salary? You know, maybe. You know, is that the move? Yeah, but I don't. I you, know? Think, you know, I don't think any of that kind of comes into the picture until we get into this. You know, January, February. Oh yeah, oh absolutely. yeah. You no, know what I'm saying? This is trading deadline stuff. Yeah, and and sure. I mean, they could if they want to bring Shesterkin up for for a game. You know, they could drop. You have uh, no problem saying that kid's name. I know. I can't say Georgiev <laughs> for the life of me, but Shesterkin it like rolls off my tongue. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know why. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I mean they're they're gonna they're gonna have to make a tough decision on the goaltending situation sooner than than later because because of what Shesterkin is doing down in the AHL, he's really he's really been impressive down there. Well, again, KD, man, another theme of the show here: great problems to have. <laughs> Hashtag great problems to have. Yes, Rangers and lights here, Rain- rainbows and lights <laughs> on Go Rangers Radio tonight. <laughs> All right, it's KD and Paulie, Go Rangers Radio. Thanks, everybody, who's tuning in live right now. And, again, a big thanks to everybody who's going to be listening to us on the archives later on. Every week, you guys are just uh, making us so happy out there. We really appreciate it. We're going to take a quick break, as we always do around this time. Wet the whistle. We'll be right back with more Go Rangers Radio right here on the Go Hockey Radio Network. If you bleed red, white, and Rangers blue, hail the king, follow the bread man, and know how to spell Capocaco, then tune in to Go Rangers Radio. Join your hosts, Kevin DeLury and Paul Cuthbert, every week for their take on the New York Rangers. Live and archive shows are available at GoRangersRadio.com. If you're social, follow at GoRangersRadio on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Go Rangers Radio, where the New York Rangers are always the talk of the town. Got any questions for Polly and Kevin? Tag us at Go Rangers Radio on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And now, slower than a Ron Duguay forecheck, faster than a John Agrodnik line change, and unable to guarantee anything like Mark Messier. Here's DeLury and Cuthbert. Yeah, welcome back, everybody. Woo! It's the night before Halloween. A little scary out there, folks. KD, uh, you going trick-or-treating tomorrow, buddy? Uh, what are you going? You, you wearing a Kratzoff jersey tomorrow night? What are you doing with the kids? <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do what every, it seems like every like parent does these days, is you go out with you know the kids, and the kids are you know going up to the houses, and they're getting candies. And all the parents are walking around with their solo cups filled with booze (laughs) (laughs) to be able to get through, you know, the night of Halloween. (laughs) Because literally around my neighborhood, that's all. I just see parents. Everyone has solo cups. Everyone's drinking. So, I don't know. It's it's turned into a jolly... holiday for the for the parents around people here, you know people are stressed out buddy <laughs> <laughs> that's right any excuse to drink any excuse to drink oh so, my lord yeah i will have my solo cup filled with uh, mango white claw <laughs> and uh stealing candy out of my kids uh you know loot bag and uh ready and dent- to have a good time and a dentist appointment next week 
That's right. That's right. Uh, welcome back, everybody. Go Rangers Radio. Episode 5, buddy. The band canceled. The confetti got <laughs> lost. and uh, But we're still doing it. Uh, big thanks Man. to everybody who's out there uh, tuning into the show. Thanks so much. Just getting started. Uh, but hard to believe, KD. Uh, what are your What are your memories of the first four shows? <laughs> <laughs> I think me, me being right on Strom is really Ooh. just you know a, a real achievement, a real crowning achievement in my uh, you know Ranger blogging podcasting career. Is you know, <laughs> uh, he will go down in the annals of podcasting history. <laughs> in, in the in the what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what I said. <laughs> oh, sorry. We want to keep this show clean, Paulie. Come on. Yeah, I know. It's it's. Uh, <laughs> don't go there, buddy. <laughs> All right. Once again, uh, Go Rangers Radio every Wednesday night, uh, live at nine p.m. KD, we do have to let everybody know that the the next three weeks into November, uh, the Strangers will be playing on Wednesday nights. Uh, three out of uh, the four Wednesdays next month. So, what we're going to do actually is we're going to do some post game. Go Rangers Radio, love it, love it. I mean, yeah, I, I mean that that's that's great. You know, I'm re- that's the one thing I you know really missing. You know, I think in in New York, I mean, hockey really is on the back burner. I mean, the talk radio, you, you maybe you get like five ten minutes, but to you know have like a a show, you know, immediately afterward where it's just like fans, you know, shooting the bull about the game. Like, I, I hope everyone's excited. I'm excited to do it. Um, and I and I hope our listeners are excited, you know, for us to be doing it and listening to, you know, a post game. You know, we could really talk about what happened in the game there, where everyone sort of jazzed up after the game, good or bad. You know, for us to be able to sort of expand on that, sort of in real time. Uh, yeah, I'm excited to do that. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't want to do it for 82 games a year, buddy. Oh, un- hell no! Un- unless hell you no. had a serious contract. <laughs> That's right. Once a week, perfect. I love it. it's falling on the perfect days for. You know, three weeks in a row, and after that, I'll be ready to go back to the normal show. <laughs> so uh, that's going to be games against Detroit, uh, which is going to be uh, ooh, is that next week? Yeah, that's next week. Um, so ten thirty, we'll do a post game after that. That's another NBC game for the uh, Rangers, which is great stuff. And then we're back to regular time on the following week, uh, on the thirteenth, and then they play uh, the Caps the following Wednesday again on NBC. Oh, that's going to be a brutal one. Ooh, that'll be a good test. It'll be a good test for the boys. Don't worry we, about we it. We may now. have to cancel that show. Oh, no. <laughs> and then uh, they got Carolina on Thanksgiving Eve, and uh, we'll see what's going on. Uh, I know it's a big drinking night for KD, so I don't even know if he's going to be available. Obviously, the biggest bar night of the year. So, Paulie, I, I went over this with you on our, on our pilot episode. I'm 43 years old. <laughs> there is no biggest bar night of the year. There is sit on my couch, open up a white claw, and pass out at like ten o'clock. <laughs> Me too, buddy. I mean, literally, when I turn this <laughs> off, I I go right to bed now. <laughs> uh, too funny. All right, so that's gonna be cool. So in the next couple of weeks, we'll post it out there and let everybody know. But uh, we'll do some post game stuff, and then. In December and January, there are no Wednesday night games, and that's when we're going to jack things up here at Go Rangers Radio. We're going to start bringing guests in. We'll start getting the fans involved. So uh, that's when we're going to turn it up. And I think, Katie, that works out for us, too, just kind of getting back into the groove here and, and uh, you know, working out the kicks and kicks and kinks. That's three times I had to take to say kinks. That's yeah. how bad it is, folks. That's why we need to wait till December and January. Um, but like I said, we're dusting the rust off here. 
And uh, so December and January will be a lot of fun. Again, there will be almost 20 games in, and we'll have all, more great stuff to talk about. We'll start bringing in guests and everything else. All right, KD, um, just real quick before we get into, um, like, our uh, – our classic Rangers talk that we do here every week now, that little segment we've been doing. Let's just look at the next uh, five games here real quick. Uh, Nashville this Saturday, uh, always a tough you – know, I mean, it's got to be great for the players. I don't know if you've ever been down to Nashville. I've been down there. It's a fantastic city. Uh, the Bridgestone Arena is right there uh, on the main strip there uh, where all the great country bars are, great live music. So if, if you're a Ranger road tripper, if you haven't yet – Get down to Nashville whenever the guys are in there because uh, it's just a great place to see a game, an amazing arena. And also, they just do the game great down there in Nashville. What a fan base. They've really kind of uh, taken them on. I'm really looking forward to the uh, Winter Classic this year, KD, which is going to be Nashville and Dallas, uh, which is going to be great stuff. But Nashville's just become a, a great hockey city. So they go into Nashville. Obviously, a great team, great coach there, Pete Laviolette. They made some changes, obviously. Subban not with them anymore, but uh, that should be a great game. And then they've got Ottawa and Detroit. You've got to figure um, they should match up pretty well against those two teams. Uh, and then Carolina, obviously, you know, a good team, you know, second-round playoffs last year, uh, pretty good, talented team. And then they've got Florida. So these next five games, if they have a, a good showing against Nashville here, KD, I think there's a real good opportunity for the Rangers to maybe uh, catch up on some points going forward. Yeah, I mean, we may be looking at another sort of up-and-down week. You know, because they do, like you said, they have the two, you know, real good teams that they're playing and then two of the, you know, sort of bottom dwellers in, in Ottawa and Detroit. So, you know, I, I am interested to see how if they can continue to to stack up well um, against these better teams the way they did against uh, Buffalo and Tampa. Or, you know, do they go back to a little inconsistency that you saw, you know, in the Boston game? You know, you hope that maybe they've learned a little bit of a lesson here. I mean, seeing what went wrong in Boston uh, or against Boston and what went right in the other two games. So, you know, I'm looking for another uh, spirited, uh, you know, effort going into Nashville. I think, again, with with the young guys in in there now and I think Quinn having, uh, you know, the roster that he really wants and and needs to go forward and and, uh, you know, a lot more skill in the lineup now where you're not relying on uh, Brendan Smith on the third line or McKegg on the third line. Um, where you have like legitimate players in your top nine, legitimate skilled players. Um, you know, I, I, I think we're going to see a lot better team. Look, there's going to be some bumps along the way for sure. I mean, having this much youth, you know, there, there's going to be a, a little bit of a tailspin every once in a while. But, you know, I, I, I think the effort, you know, from now on, I, I think is going to be there. So even when they lose, I think we'll, we'll be – will be satisfied with, with what at least they're bringing to the table. So I'm excited for another week. Again, I, I from day one of this podcast and from day one of when they wrote the letter, I've been on board with the rebuild. I'm excited for them to do it. I love seeing it progress and where it's going, you know, where it's been and, and where it's at now and then where it's going. So, you know, just another week that I'm excited to watch uh, Ranger Hockey. I'm glad that there's, you know, four games coming up this week instead of, you know, like in the beginning of the season where there was like one game every three weeks. So, you know, I'm, I'm just excited to see Ranger Hockey like every other day. Yeah, good stuff, man. Hopefully they get a little roll going on here. And again, just to go back next week, it's it's just great to see that all the stuff that we talked about, the elements that we felt that they were missing, uh, they seem to uh, have got a little juice going here, especially last night. And uh, it'll be fun to see how things carry on these next five games. We, right. really, Paulie, we, we really know what we're talking about, I think. Well, you know, we're... <laughs> you know 
Pat on the back, Paulie. Pat on the back. You know, it does say in our promo, you know, they might not get everything right, but uh, you can be damn sure we think we will. So, you know, you can take that however you want to take it. But so far, so good, man. So far, so good. <laughs> All right, buddy. So uh, we're doing this every week. We're going to touch back on some Ranger memories, some different things about the uh, – you know, the organization, the franchise, obviously me and you, uh, us old guys going back with the team, uh, me going back even farther than you into the 70s and everything else. But um, we're going to bring something up every week. And again, uh, you know, going into December and January, we're going to get the fans involved with this going forward, too. So what we're talking about this week, and, you know, Katie, you brought this up and I just kind of had to sign like, how the hell are we going to do this? How can we make it one? But anyway, the topic tonight is favorite all time Ranger. And I'm going to dish this to you first, buddy, because I think you're out of your mind trying to pick one guy. But let's go for it. Let's see what happens. I mean, I do have one guy. And, and to me, and I've mentioned it a couple of times when we've done this sort of look back and, and, and where we are and sort of growing up and what as Ranger fans and where we went. I think for me, you know, the pinnacle of being like a fan where it's just like, you know, to your core is like when you're younger. I think, you know, that is where these guys are really like your heroes and and people you look up to. And while like, you know, you have your favorite players on the teams as the years go by, you know, guys like Zuccarello, um, you know, and Lundquist and Girardi and and just these great guys who, who have come through here. You know, I think that the players from when you're sort of growing up through middle school, you know, and, and into high school, those are like the guys that you always remember. And, and, and as I mentioned as, as in my story on how I became a Ranger fan, I was obsessed with the goalie position. It is, I was obsessed with the equipment. I was ex- uh, obsessed with the helmets, just everything about the position. So, and, I, and I played it. I mean, I, I started playing goalie when I was like eight years old in ice hockey. I played from when I eight years old till I graduated high school. And uh, my hero, the guy I looked up to and emulated my game after was Mike Richter. He is, he is, you know, my all-time favorite goaltender when I was out there. You know, again, I tried to uh, – he was, he was a goalie who, who really used his athleticism, you know, in net. He would come all the way out because he was such a good skater. I mean, if you remember, you know, the save uh, against Pavel Burry, I mean, he came all the way – when do you see a goaltender come all the way out like that on a penalty shot these days? I mean, he was halfway to the blue line, and he was such a good skater – he beat Pavel Burry skating backwards to the post. I mean, that's amazing. And and just like I said, I won number thirty five in in high school um, in in honor of of Richter. And of course, you know, he brought us you know the Stanley Cup. Uh, so my favorite player breaking you know the nineteen forty curse. Um, he will always go down as my all time favorite Ranger. You know, he had a tough end to his career where he had, you know, he blew out both knees. He had the concussion issues. So, you know, his numbers probably could have been so much better. Um, but, you know, for me, you know, and there's always the, the debate, the sort of like you have the team Richter versus team Lundquist and, and who is the best all-time goalie. And, and I have been team Richter up until – the Rangers made the cup finals against the Kings. What was that in 2014? Um, that playoffs, Lundqvist took it to another level. And for me, took over as the best Ranger goalie ever. But having said that, for me, on a personal level, you know, Mike Richter will always be my favorite Ranger. 
That's a pretty damn good choice, my friend. Uh, he's number two for me. And don't ever forget uh, the World Cup of Hockey that year. Oh, yeah. Uh, he that, that was that, one of the greatest goaltending performances in, in like hockey history. He beat the best in the world in that tournament. He was absolutely incredible. I mean, they had the All-Star game there that year for the Rangers. I mean, I mean, just that time around that team. But uh, I agree with you, man. Mike Richter was just uh, – he's unbelievable. Because the other thing, too, you know, as far as trying to narrow this down and, and, and pick the guy, you know, it's, it's hard, especially when you've been a, a generational Ranger fan and you, you grew mm-hmm. up and, and so – because it's a decade, year by year, different coaches – uh, ups and downs, getting close, winning it all, all that other stuff. But I'm with you with Mike Richter because the other thing about Mike, too, is his professionalism. Uh, he was the epitome of a, a professional athlete. He was always in great shape. He was just a professional on and off the ice. He, to this day, he's just so revered. And I think that's uh, one of his fantastic qualities. And, and and maybe third place for me would be, you know, that same crew, Leachy. And Graves, you know. So I, I'm sitting here, and I'm just kind of jotting names, and I'm thinking about, you know how much I, I loved Despo as a kid growing up, and then Steve mm-hmm. Vickers was always a friend of mine. When I was a young kid, Anders Hedberg, he was my favorite. I always wore number 15. Him and Ulf Nielsen were just, uh, I love those two guys playing, obviously uh, the run there in 79, and then Nielsen getting hurt. But I loved Anders Hedberg in the 80s too. Don and Dave Maloney, two of my favorite Rangers as well. Uh, you get into, like, years of... Uh, Pierre LaRouche and Mike Rogers. I always loved Mike Rogers. He was just a great fast winger, a great scorer. You know, when the Edmonton crew came over, Glenn Anderson was just, uh, to get him on the team was just uh, great. Glenn Hanlon, one of my favorite. You talk about <laughs> goaltenders, man. Uh, Glenn Hanlon was just super. Those series against the Islanders, I mean, he stood on his head playing against Billy Smith. He was the mm-hmm. only guy Billy Smith ever went over and skated and shook hands uh, after a series. Smith always went right off the ice after the series. That series against the Rangers, he went over and he shook, uh, you know, he gave uh, Hanlon credit. He was just awesome. Um, you know, you can't, I can't uh, Greshner, I mean, just a, a staple on the team, too, for so many years. Eddie Johnson was a favorite of mine. Nicky Fatillo, a lot of these big personali- personalities, and it's tons and hundreds of guys we're forgetting. <laughs> but when it comes down to it, you know, for me, it's Mark Messier. Just, you know, watching him from a distance with the Oilers for all those years with Gretzky and that amazing team. And there was no way in hell you would ever think of a player of that caliber would ever end up on the Rangers. And, you know, he, he brought everything and he was the leader and he was tough and he could score. Oh man. When he used to come down the wing and, and that wide wrister that he used to always put in the other opposite corner of the nets. I mean, it was just classic mess. But he elevated everybody that was on that team uh, and that franchise and obviously the city and obviously winning the cup. But when you think about when he came here and then obviously, man, when he when he went to Vancouver, I mean, I was crushed. That should have never happened. You know, it was disgusting. And I think that whole, that all happened with Gretzky coming in there, too. And you think back then, uh, KD, that they were making their top pay was $6 million a year. And these guys have both won five and six cups. I'm talking about Mess and, and Gretz. Mm-hmm. Think of the money these guys are making today. And, the, and these kids haven't won a damn thing. But Mark Messier, to me, he just he just took this franchise, this team, and all of us now. And, and, and you look up in the rafters now uh, for all these young kids that are playing. He's a legend 
in New York. He's a legend of this franchise. He, he, you know, after, you know, 1940, 40 years, it was a religious experience. You ran down the street naked. I was crying <laughs> in my father's arms. You know, when Mark grabbed that cup and shook it, I mean, I, I'm, you know, forget about it. But Mark just had, he was just everything. You know, he won a cup in Edmonton without Gretzky. He, um, he was just incredible. So for me, it's Mark. And Mark made Brian Leach a better player. Mark obviously made Adam Graves the player that he was. And Adam would always talk about how he looked up to Mark and how he carried himself. Um, so he's just so many elements just outside of what he did on the ice. Oh, my God, just the memories come in in terms of all the different games. And, and you know, you could – I think everybody should go back and, and look at those, you know, first two seasons before they got to 94 and, and, and how it just kind of just all started happening and how the culture changed in New York. And then guys wanted to come and play here. Um, obviously some tough years after the Cup and the ups and downs and everything else and the free agency and all the, the horrible spending that this Ranger team and how old we got. <laughs> but up until that moment, and it doesn't matter, and I don't care what anybody says, if you're a Ranger fan right now uh, and you've been for years, uh, and I said it that day, after it, the Rangers could never, if they never win a Stanley Cup ever again, I'll always have that, that team, that year, that moment, and that captain and that Ranger, and to me, Mark Messier is my favorite all-time Ranger, and it's not easy, brother. That was a tough one for you to pick on this week. Yeah, you know, and I, and what I really loved about Messier too is is how he embraced New York, and he really became part of like the fabric of of the city, you know. And he was like this small town, like Canadian guy who was playing, you know, in in Edmonton, and he came to the city, and and he wasn't scared of it. He wasn't scared of the moment. He wasn't scared of the curse. And he said, bring it on. I'm going to bring the cup here. And he did it. And and for that, yeah, <laughs> can't go wrong. Can't go wrong with mess. I mean, the greatest leader, in my opinion, in professional sport history, bar none, not even close. So, yeah, you're not going to get many arguments uh, from, from many Ranger fans. Although I do love your ending piece right there. You know, if they never win a cup again, I have this. The young listeners right now <laughs> don't want to hear that. <laughs> no, I know. I know. I know. Because, uh, you know, sort of rubbing it in their face a little bit about how amazing that run was. But don't worry, folks. Buddy, I, I, buddy I still put in the Game 7 tape, and I still think, like, they're not going to win. It's horrible. Don't, don't, <laughs> to our young listeners, don't worry. This is what this rebuild is about. <laughs> This is why this is why they're doing it. Cup Let's at the to... end of the rainbow. I'm talking about rainbow and sunshine tonight. There's a cup at the end of this rainbow. Oh baby, your lips to God's ear. It's gonna take a lot of time and money and patience. There's no doubt about it. Oh man, good stuff, man. But uh, yeah, that's uh, that's a tough one. But uh, it's great yeah. stuff. And again, it's it's just great memories and everything else. And, and I got to go back, everybody. You got to go back to those those seasons and. And look how Mess, you know, grabbed that that team and, and everything. And you nailed it too. He did. He became a. He's just a, an epic New Yorker as well too. So um, well, I'm yeah, a, I mean, you're, and you never forget after nine eleven and he had the yep. Fireman's hat on and on the uh, opening night. I I was actually at that game, uh, the opening night after nine eleven when he had the Fireman's hat. And that was, that was one of the great sporting events that I've ever been to. Um, was that opening uh, that home opener that year. Uh, when he donned the uh, the fireman's uh, yep. helmet, that was, that's amazing stuff. Yeah, you know he was he was amazing. And some of the teams that they had to beat and play against back then in the, in the early nineties, 
Uh, it wasn't easy, man. I mean, you guys got Lemieux and Gretzky and the, and the rest of them, Hulls, all the different teams. Uh, it was just a great time. You know, the, the Leafs had Gilmore back then. I mean, Cujo. I mean, you could just go on and on. So it was. It was a magic time. And, and for all of us who came out of the 80s into the 90s and obviously won, and it's just unbelievable. And, and they will forever be. And like I said, you look up into the rafters and you see Mess's uh, jersey and, and Leachy and Graves and, and Richter. And buddy, I'm I'm with you a thousand percent on Mike. I, I, he is. He's like that's like one A, one B. It's 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 right there. So, uh, but all good stuff. We could spend an hour on mess and, and that whole '94 team. Maybe we'll do that, KD. We'll do a '94 <laughs> Go Rangers radio show. All right, man. We're wrapping, wrapping things up. Hard to believe another hour goes by so quick. But before we say goodbye, as we do every week, we've got in the show with Kevin Delory's New York Rangers man crush. What do you got for us this week, KD? Yeah, I've done it once before, and I'm, I'm going to do it again. I'm going to go with my anti-man crush, and I know, and it's going against my rainbows and sunshine theme of of today. <laughs> but uh, I, I've got to, I've got to criticize MSG Network for not televising the Ranger Bruins alumni game the other night. How that is not on TV, and instead they televise like a Knicks game rerun. Is is baffling. It's it's uh, disgusting. You know, I who you know it was a Sunday afternoon. It was raining out. You know, the Jets and Giants are just completely awful. I, I can't even watch them. So I'm looking for something. And the alumni game is this alumni game is happening, and and somehow some way MSG Networks decides not to televise it. I mean, wh- what Ranger fan doesn't want to see? Brian Leach skating with Buka Boom again. You know, Mike Richter is playing on the wing. You know, who does not Tanner Glass in a Ranger <laughs> uniform again? You know, who went Brad Richards? You know, I mean, that, that was such a swing and a miss by uh, MSG Network. It really was. Uh, and Mike Richter, uh, Mike Richter on the forward line. Yeah, that's yeah. He had a sweet assist. I was watching some of the highlights that that were on Twitter. Thankfully, at least there were some highlights you know, up on Twitter from the Rangers. But, uh, yeah, it looked like a real fun game. It would have been fun to sit there and sort of reminisce a little bit and remember the good times and and whatnot. But, uh, you know, for them to not televise that was, was, was a terrible, terrible job by MSG Networks. Man, these anti-man crushes are bringing me down, brother. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to have to do it every once in a while. I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you, you know what, I'll give you a little bit of a man crush. I'll give my man crush of the week to Dan Girardi. For coming uh, back and doing the ceremonial puck job. I, I, Dan Girardi, he took a lot of crap from Ranger fans over the years towards the end of his end of his career. Rightfully so in some points. But, you know, he was he was there. And, I, and, I, and I've gone on about uh, Girardi, you know, on the show before. But, you know, he was there when this when it sort of turned uh, for the Rangers coming out of that lockout when they missed the playoffs for eight years. And and to see him back in the garden. Um, it was, was a great stuff to see the fans giving him his sort of, you know, rightful due and, and, uh, you know, respect for, for what he did for this franchise. So, you know, a little, a little man crush for, uh, for Girardi as well. There you go, folks. Two for one tonight. The anti <laughs> and the man crush. Good stuff. Girardi was a warrior, man. He, he, he gave it all he could for us. Uh, it's all good stuff. And it was a nice, uh, nod there. And you got to figure they weren't showing that game because they need to get people in the stands on Sunday. That's the only reason I can think of it. <laughs> but anyway, all good stuff. All right, hopefully we'll have a, a little more exciting man crush next week there, KD. Somebody on the <laughs> team, baby. All right, say good night, KD. Good night, KD. <laughs> all right, everybody. Thanks so much for tuning in. Go Rangers Radio. 
We'll be back next week, but it'll be post-game show. So we'll see you then. Check us out on Twitter and everywhere else. Thanks so much for listening. Good night, everybody, and enjoy your Rangers Rangers hockey. Yeah, let's go, Rangers! Rangers!